Welcome to the show, Entrepreneurs in Conversation with moi, Géraldine Juppé. I joyfully sit down every week with entrepreneurs, innovators, and creators to pick their brilliant, fascinating minds. My mission is to help them share their stories of struggle and success. The rich details from openly conversing serves as sound advice for us to hear and hopefully learn from. Enjoy the listen. Coming up on Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Géraldine. <laughs> I think we're all looking forward to, tra- to be able to travel, like, you know, freely. Oh my God, I can't, uh, I- I- I'm still looking forward to it. I used to go travel like four times a year. And now since COVID hit, it was like, boom, no, you have to stay home. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Geraldine. I'm so happy that you could have the time uh, to be on the show with me to discuss your journey as an entrepreneur, as a mompreneur. Um, welcome. Thank you, Geraldine. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> That's really cool to have you because you are such an inspiration. I mean, you're, you're tweaking your life. You are building a business. And I will let you introduce yourself because I don't want to <laughs> sell everything before you do. But tell us more about yourself. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Chris Daria, but everyone calls me Chris. And currently, I'm a freelance business uh, e-commerce marketing consultant. And I mainly help beauty and wellness brands use email marketing to grow their online store sales. And Mm -hmm. prior to being a freelance consultant, I was working in digital marketing for the past 10 years on the agency side, the brand side, and now, you know, the advisor side. Uh, Before that, uh, I was working at L'Oréal for five years. I was managing a luxury cosmetic brand called Shui Moura. And it was a site that was generating, um, I was managing the US and the Canadian site that was generating seven figures annually. Prior to that, I was also um, a uh, digital marketer for Linen Chest. And prior to that, I was start. I started all the way back in, ad, in the ad agency world. So I did almost, I had a long journey, <laughs> corporate journey before, you know, starting my own business as a freelancer. Um, but now my focus is really to, my, my goal, my vision now is to just focus on really educating and inspiring e-commerce, um, really conscious e-commerce entrepreneurs to create just better businesses and better lives for themselves by helping them to shift their mindset and helping them uh, to send more impactful emails and helping them with their strategy on that. Um, other than that, I am a mom of a one, uh, 18 and a month, 18 month uh, boy. And I love doing yoga on the side and, and yeah, I love to travel and yeah, that's, that's me so far in a nutshell. <laughs> I think we're yeah. all looking forward to try to be able to travel like, you know, freely. Oh my God. I can't, uh, I, I, I'm still looking forward to it. I used to go travel like four times a year and now wow. since COVID hit, it was like, boom, no, you have to stay home. So I try to, you know, get around and do hikes and stuff, but it's, it's different, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't feel that free, but yeah. let's go back to you know your motivation that led you that led you actually to take the leap and kickstart your venture. Like you said, you um you actually explore all the spectrum of all you know the roles that you can have in digital marketing and commerce. What's your take, actually, if in in retrospect, like if you have to analyze exactly your past, 
versus where you are today building your venture? What will be the lessons that you have? Yeah, I mean, now looking back, um, you know, over the past 10 years, I do, I can, I can better connect the dots because, you know, when you're in it, you're kind of like, I don't know, it's my next step. So when I was at the ad agency, I was working with clients, but I was on their social media strategies back when, you know, Facebook had like gates. I don't know if you remember that, but just when like Twitter and Facebook were starting and people were needing, you know, social media community managers, you know, to work on their accounts. And I was really involved in that. Google AdWords website. So at the ad agency is really where I got the basic foundation for my digital marketing um, background because I was able to test it on different clients. But I realized that one thing that I was missing is really the full spectrum because, you know, when client budgets end, that's when the project ends and you can't no longer control. So I then got recruited to work um, as a digital marketing manager at Linen Chess, where I was really, that was like my first deep dive into e commerce. And that's where I really got more passionate around really deploying all the tools and strategies that I learned from the agency world into one brand and focusing long-term success for the brand, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I always had um, a passion for beauty at the time. And so I was really into like the YouTube influencer world. And so when L'Oreal came to recruit me, it was like my dream job, right? And so I started out as an e-commerce specialist there and I really got even more I feel like that really um, kick-started kind of that entrepreneurial drive because when you start at L'Oreal you're kind of like the CEO of your own brand no matter what level you work at and so eventually I worked into becoming the brand manager for the Canadian retail side and so I, I got a really good understanding of both you know offline and online business and really a full spectrum like you said and one thing that I realized throughout my whole career is that I always wanted to be more autonomous in the roles that I wanted, be more independent. Even when I was young, I had overprotective parents and I moved out when I was 18 and I just wanted to always be on my own and be independent. Mm -hmm. I looked up a lot to, um, you know, really ambitious women with, you know, strong worth ethic. And I always, um, on the back of my mind, I always felt like I needed to also prove myself and to really you know, show that the value that I bring. And I so I think that's where, you know, why I went from, you know, so such a generalist perspective, because I wanted to have all the tools in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. So that whenever something comes in, I have the answer. And that was something that I think um, also was, was also a limiting belief for me in a way, because I thought that I always thought I was not good enough. And so mm -hmm. I, when I, before I decided, you know, I, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I don't, um, I don't, I never saw myself necessarily as an entrepreneur. I just knew that I wanted to run my own business and be independent and do things my way. Mm -hmm. um, even in my parenting, I do some things that are very <laughs> different from mainstream, but I won't get into that right now. But yeah, so, and so when I, before I started um, my business, I really, it was at the end of my math leave. I took the time. I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to work or not. I wasn't even sure if I was going to start my business, but I took the time to really invest in my inner work. Mm -hmm. um, and my connection with myself or what, you know, some people would say your spirituality. And I got really clear on what is it that my strengths were? What is it that I want to do for the next 10 years? And I don't have a clear picture, but I have a better vision for my life over the next 10 years. And the, the reality that I saw myself moving forward with after I had my baby no longer, you know, matched the reality I had prior to having my baby. And so that's why I, I took, um, it was a, a hard decision, but I took the big leap 
during COVID. So I took um, my mat leave was supposed to end in May and I decided to, you know, launch right away my business in April. So that was like after COVID hit. And so people thought I was crazy. Like you're leaving your job to go. You just had a baby, you know, <laughs> you know? And so I was very, it was very, it was very scary, but for me, it felt like the right thing to do. And and so, and so, yeah, going back, I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised that I did this because I always wanted to just follow my own path and do things my way and mm-hmm. be independent. And this is the next evolution of my journey, I guess. So, yeah. Let's dig a little bit into what you said. You just mentioned like you were scared, but what were you actually scared about? Because we never talked about that. And don't get me wrong. I went through that as well. <laughs> I don't understand. What was the the scariest thing that you had in mind when you thought like, okay, this is it. I'm going to start my, my thing. Well, for me in the, in the beginning, it was monetary reasons. because I was the primary, you know, I, I live with my boyfriend. We have a baby and I was the one that was generating most of the, the household income. And so for me to step away from that is really from a job that was that, 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 that I had for five years was, was scary, you know, and, and I was kind of thinking also, um, um if i were to to leave what would people think of me also mm-hmm. so I, it was it was it was learning to deal with the perceptions of others and um trusting my intuition because i had i'm sure you went through this you had this feeling where you knew what was you were scared to take the next step and that's where where was <laughs> i see smiling. so yeah this is really where i was and i was at a crossroads and i knew where i had to go but i was just afraid to like pass that upper limit and one of the books that really inspired me to take that big leap is called the big leap by gay hendrix and in that book it really tells you what are your how can you identify your upper limits and how you can work past them because subconsciously they're holding you back and that's mm-hmm. preventing you from leading the life the life and the business that you would love eventually. So I had to learn to work to identify those upper limiting beliefs or limiting beliefs about myself too, so that I can move forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love those. We're going to actually dive into um, some, some books because we talked about those and that are very essential for mindset pur- purposes and also productivity. But before that, I just wanted to dig into motherhood because you said, of course, it's kind of, you know, sh- helped you shape exactly your vision, but how? Can you tell us about about that? Yeah. So, um, I had to start back. Well, I, I I'm th- I'm 31 now, and I had my baby at 29, and I never thought that I would have my baby so early on. <laughs> I always imagined myself having babies down the line. But what came, what made me decide to become a mom is one day I really sat. It was maybe three years ago. I sat down, I was in my backyard, it was sunny and I was meditating and I listened to my intuition and I, I just felt so grateful for everything that that happened throughout my life at that point. And becoming a mom was the natural next step because I was just so grateful. And when you, I realized when you, when you act, when you feel grateful and when you act out of gratitude, there's only good that comes kind of that can come out of it. And so mm-hmm. when I had that, that seed planted in my mind, I had to learn to slow down. Mm-hmm. And by slowing down at my job, it allowed me, you know, to, to, to have my baby and to lead me to the next step of my journey. And when I had my baby, I had to decide what type of 
what type of life I wanted to lead. Do I want to be, you know, coming home at seven o'clock and only having, you know, one hour, two hours with him before he goes back to bed? Do I want to feel rushed to bring him to the garderie, the daycare in the morning? So I decided that was not what I wanted to do, at least for now. And mm -hmm. so I had to make um, a lifestyle decision and decide that I decided essentially the main, also another reason why I wanted to start my business is so that I can build my business around the type of lifestyle I wanted. You know, mm -hmm. and so that was how motherhood um, and the arrival of my son, Jaden, impacted my, my, my decision also to, to, to launch my business. Mm -hmm. And the, the nurturing side of me really came out because I was very much someone who was go, 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 you know, very like I valued a lot of, you know, um, productivity and doing the most as I can. And um, I realized it's not always about doing everything. It's really about doing the right things. And sometimes um, doing the right thing means that you're going to have to say no to certain things. And it's something that I'm still, you know, you know, dealing with, but it's, it's some, it's one of the key learnings I've had. Um, and the nurturing side of me also helped me realize that, um, some, when I was, when I was, when I was, um, at L'Oréal, I was a manager and I realized there was some of the, maybe it was when I was pregnant, I realized some of the nurturing qualities were coming out of me. And I was like, you know, I, I really like helping people and, and inspiring people and empowering them. And that, that really came out, um, during my maternity, during my motherhood. And so I wanted to bring out those qualities to the work that I do. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, so you're talking about how it shaped your business and, you know, changed your life, basically. But what's the essence now that you now that, you know, you went through that journey, your mom now and your business is flourishing. What's the essence of your venture now? Right now, I really want to focus on, so my goal right now, ultimately, I want to help create a better world for my son. Mm -hmm. And the way I see that happening is we need to empower brands that have more, that are more conscious, that are really focused on creating, um, doing business differently, whether that be supporting causes or being more sustainable in their sourcing or just um doing not they're not just going pursuing growth for growth and generating you know working tirelessly to build you know billion dollar businesses i want to really work with brands who are really dedicated to improving their communities and making a better you know making the world a better place because that's what i want my son to grow up into and so i'm very selective as to who i'm working with and who i want to partner with because i want to i realize that smaller brands also have need this help and support especially in this time people are going to be launching their businesses online more than ever and they need the help to get started and sometimes they need someone to just be there to coach them and to guide them in the right way because um, as you know starting a business is not easy <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> otherwise you will all be entrepreneurs i believe <laughs> yeah yeah but um I, I really love what you're saying like into you know you know impacting the world you know into a better world for our children and which is very important and i think uh like you said this is a part of your vision this is a part of your why for your venture what are you mentioned a book be just before that um but i know there are multiple books that actually you know inspired you in you know becoming the entrepreneur that you are today can you t can you tell us about those yeah so um about three years ago uh no yeah three four years ago i read a book called the one thing and it's written by gary keller 
and Jay Papazan. So Gary Keller, he's the founder of Keller Realties. He's one of it's one of the biggest real estate you know companies in the world right now. And uh, the whole premise, I was it, I came, I read the book at a time when I felt very overwhelmed with all the things I had to do with running a business at that scale. It was really I was managing a small team. I was a new I was a new manager, and I was really coming to a point where I wanted to be able to. Um, I was just looking on a better way to manage my time. And because I was feeling overwhelmed, I just realized that it was this couldn't be sustainable for me. I had to figure out a solution to a different strategy to manage my time, both at work and personal. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the book, uh, the one thing is really about asking, asking ourselves, what is the one thing that will make everything else easier un- or unnecessary? So that mm-hmm. you, when you f- identify the, that one thing or the, the 20% of activities that will generate 80% of results, everything else will be easier for you and so when i was working at la real i I deployed those 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 that mindset shift with me and my team and we were able to work more cohesively and i think we had a better um balance between everything that we had to do and i also deployed that in my business because now of course there's so many things you can do when you start a business you can you, you as an entrepreneur you're always wearing multiple hats but yeah. I realized the, the the most important thing you can focus on is really getting clarity on what are what is your vision so that you can align your goals in a way that achieves that vision. And so I have a vision for myself in 10 years. And based on that, where should I be in five years? Based on that, where should I be in one year? Based on that, what should I be doing for this month? Based on that, what should I be doing this week and today? And when you reverse engineer your goals based on that vision you have for yourself, it's much easier for you to, 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 to accomplish them. And so, you know, it's a work in progress. It's a, it's, a, it's a mindset that really helped me avoid having these long to-do lists and just having these like five priorities for myself this month and then breaking them down into achievable, achievable goals. Because once you have that, that clear vision, you know how to course correct. You have a strategy to to make sure you you land on it because it's like somebody explained to me it's like you have you're trying you're 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 on a plane from montreal to vancouver if if the plane is in the air and there's you know turbulency and weather you know disruptions and it it deviates by 10 degrees do you think that plane is still going to land in vancouver no if you want to end up in vancouver you need to course correct and you need to know how to do that mm-hmm. and so it's a matter of just understanding really where is it that you want to land where do you want to be and build your your life and business in that way and um, one of the premises of that book also is really about counterbalancing. And that really helped me because I realized, you know, a lot of people are talking about work-life balance and how, especially as moms, you know, trying to find them happy medium. Um, but really it's about counterbalancing because the magic happens at the extremes and not in the middle. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you're just going to realize that there's going to be a passion project that comes upon your desk and you really want to pursue it and you want to you know, give it your best. And so that means maybe you're gonna have to say no to certain things. But if that's mm-hmm. aligned with your values, then go for it. Maybe yeah. next week you'll counterbalance with spending more time with your family. And so it's never, for me, I never truly found balance between like, as much as I want to, I never truly found perfect balance between work and personal. Cause I think moving forward now with COVID happening, it's people are working from home. And so naturally I think people are going to have to learn how to merge work with their personal life in a way that suits them. Yeah. Right. Especially for moms who are working from home. I think uh, it's going to be super, super important. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And I totally agree with what you said. I'm um, even myself. 
I had to address. Like many moms, uh, we had to address to, you know, the fact that you have your kid at home and you have to still to be productive and find, find, you know, the right, you know, pace as well to give time for each other babies, if I can call it that way, business and real babies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and what I really like, I was checking your Instagrams a couple of days ago, um, or weeks, I don't remember well. But <laughs> I mean, it seems that beside motherhood, you're also creating like some personal changes. And what I wanted to know is how these changes are reflecting on yourself, first of all, and also on your business. Yeah, so um, the changes I did mainly was just in 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 not in my business side or so, so basically i did changes on the business side and the personal side because the personal side influenced my business side so what i realized was um i like to be like i said i want to help and impact as many entrepreneurs as i can and it mm-hmm. ca- i came to a point where in my business i had retainer clients that were preventing me from impacting more so i did at some point i also did uh, over the summer i did um I did a, uh, uh, a course where I taught email marketing to 50 women who were starting their e-commerce business. And that really empowered me and that re- I really enjoyed. But I was also managing that while I had my projects, while I had my retainer clients. And so if I realized if I had to, if I want to impact more people, I need to make a shift in my business. I can't do both. I have to focus on one thing, right? Yeah. So I'm shifting. To, I'm shifting my business so that I can eventually be able to handle more students and be able to 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 grow my business in that way. But by also providing one-on-one interaction through mm-hmm. um, through intensive days. So like that, it's no longer retainer based. It's just like you need help for one day. You have me for a day. We we strategize for one day and. Uh, we set it up for you and then you can you can go on your own and so that would allow me to just work a few hours a month a few days a month so that i can focus on building a community and you know doing more trainings and doing more workshops and doing more courses because that's i realized putting myself in a position where i can impact more entrepreneurs is gonna be, is really my passion and mm-hmm. and so for me to do that i had to make changes um on the personal side well in terms of mindset really because I had to, for a long time, I can tell you, I had to step back because for a long time, I, I, I told you, I was always go, go, go. I was, I, at some point I was feeling that I, you know, I was not good enough, you know, to start my business. And for a long time I had thought, you know, to earn money, I had to work hard, like to yeah. the bone hard. And I realized that was a common factor that followed me throughout all my jobs. I was always the one that was, you know, burning the midnight oil and like, you know, going at it, working like 60, 70 hour weeks sometimes. And I realized that's not sustainable in the type of, um, that's not the type of business I want to lead for myself. Now that I'm my own boss, I have the choice. And mm-hmm. so I had to decide, okay, to, to work on that limiting belief of mine doesn't mean that if I want to be, you know, wealthy and generate, make an impact, doesn't mean I have to be working 60, 70 hours a week as an entrepreneur. And I, I, I realized, um, this quite early on, but it really implanted into my business model just recently over the last two months when I took a step back to reassess how I want to end the year and how I want to plan for 2021. Mm -hmm. And so um, in this way, I can really, I think, help more people. And Mm -hmm. that uh, that's how I made, you know, a bit a bit of the changes in my business recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you were saying, because um, my question was pretty large, I have to say, that you were saying, yes, you made these changes uh, like business-wise, but you also made these changes like 
personally on a personal level. So if I if I go back to your stories, you were saying like you were uh, more at a different pace for yourself, like you know readjusting, you know your yeah. Uh, your food eating and stuff. So yeah, and it does reflect on your business. And how do you combine the both at the same time? Yeah, so that's that's tough to say because I can't say that I, I've totally mastered that. I was really experimenting with, recently I was experimenting with how, because uh, I, I as I was building my business, I put some of my um, personal life in terms of health aside. And so I, I used to have um, a really rigorous yoga practice. Like I would practice every day. And then over the summer that, you know, declined to like once every two weeks and that, you know, my health was deteriorating. I was feeling sluggish. I was feeling not totally, you know, up to 100%. Yeah. And so I had to take a step back. And when, when I took a step back, I also did a cleanse, <laughs> an Ayurvedic cleanse um, to help me, you know, you know, prepare my body. Cause now we're, we're recording this in beginning November and I did this cleanse, you know, in October and it was to help me prepare for the winter. And mm -hmm. so my body took a nice, you know, uh, detox. And I also, you know, detox from social media for a weekend just to see how that felt like also. And mm -hmm. I think taking a step back um, and in, I'm going to start incorporating more of those, you know, reflective periods and not just like, you know, time blocking one hour, two hours. I mean, really taking one week or even a weekend um, is something that I'm going to prioritize doing because I think as me being my own boss, I need to be able to make my own game plans now and to really focus on what is it that I want to plan for the future for my business. And mm -hmm. so actually next month I'm doing a retreat for myself, like a, uh, like my, my goal setting for 2021 retreat for myself. I'm going to spend a few days away from the house. I'm going to find some Airbnb where I can like, you know, focus on bunker down. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm also going to be doing this with my, with my boyfriend also, we're going to go on like a weekend retreat where we can think about, you know, our, our goals and the type of life we want to lead for lead for, as a couple, as parents for our son and be more intentional about the next few years. So, so I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally in line with everything you mentioned. That's something um, I was interested and very curious about doing every passionate retreat. Unfortunately, uh, COVID happened. So it never happened, but I'm looking forward to whenever um, the Vipassana retreat will open their doors again because like the, I think that's something um, that I'm really looking forward to do just for these detox you know it is like anything uh, digital detox because we're so much into it um, yeah especially as entrepreneurs we're, it's, we're reliant on it for our business obviously <laughs> yeah so I think I, I really like every, every bit of what you're sharing with us right now Let's dive into, uh, you know, your what you're doing exactly. So, of course, you're well versed into anything digital, anything digital marketing and e-commerce. Um, prior, what we know is like definitely because of the pandemic or not, depends on how you want to see it. Um, by 2025, we might have like e-commerce generating more than 40 billions of dollars just for Canada, U.S. dollars. Um, Let's dive into digital marketing operation. You know, what are the key essentials for a business like a young, you know, venture e-commerce starting right now? What are the key essentials that we need to think about when thinking about starting a venture online or um, starting like key tactics for, to raise some visibility and awareness for their brand? Yeah. So I think, so when I start with, when I start working with, uh, um, 
especially clients who are just beginning, they often come up with uh, a product that serves themselves, right? Like they come up with a great product and they think, you know, everyone is going to come buy this. It's amazing. Da, 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 da. And, and I think now in the, um, in the, the era where we live in now, people can't go back to the stores to buy the same brands that they were used to buying because they don't want to stand in line in front of the malls, in front of the store, sanitizing their hand in every store they have to go to. So they're going to be spending more time online researching the brands they want to buy from and making sure that they're, they're, the brands that they're buying, the, the values are aligned with their values too. And so often what I see entrepreneurs forgetting is they have they forget about um, the promise that their product delivers. What is the problem that their product solves? And once you have a better clarity on on the the, the, the not just your product, but who is your who is your target customer? Who is your ideal customer avatar? That's something that I focus heavily with my clients to understand who are they serving, what are their problems, what are their challenges, their pain points, and how your product solves that problem. And once you have clarity on that, then you can write better ads, better website copy, better emails. It really trickles down to, to everything that you do on, on every customer touch point. So mm -hmm. I think that's one essential thing um, with any business that you start, but for e-commerce especially, because like I said, people are going to search more about your story online. And if you're not transparent about how you started the business, what is your why, what is, what is, um, why did you create this product and what you want to do with your business? I think you're not going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. It's no longer just, you know, I, I, you can't just put, you know, send out an email with like a picture of your product and a buy now button. People are not going to yeah. buy from that. You need to, you need to, you need to understand also. So that's one thing, like, what is the, what is the, 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 your story? And then I also teach about having a clear understanding of your buyer journey. Because one mm -hmm. thing that I, and I talked about a bit, well, one thing that um, a lot of brands do is they try to get their customers into bed before buying a drink. <laughs> and I don't know if you know what I mean, but they don't understand that before you can convert a stranger into buying your product, you need to warm them up. You need to seduce them. You need to really like, you know, take them on a date. And so I, I try to explain the customer journey, the customer buying journey as like a relationship, a true relationship. You know, you, you need to, 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 when you see, when you're at a bookstore, um, and you see this cute guy reading a book, you, you don't just like, um, you, you want to walk up to him and say, hey, I like that book that you're reading. So this is where you as a brand say, hey, I understand your problem. I see you. I understand what you're going through. And then you can say, if you had the conversation was going nice, you can say, hey, like I, I had a nice conversation with you. Do you want to exchange numbers and we can go out on a date? And so that's when you ask someone to subscribe to your email list. And so it, it's very, um, it's it very much resembles like a, a, a dating relationship. <laughs> Um, that analogy, you know? yeah, um, and so I, I do have a couple of listeners who are business owners as well, e-commerce, especially who are starting at different level, you know, in their journey as a e-commerce business owner. But what would you tell them right now uh, for them to, you know, to help them and support them to rock their, you know, e-commerce overall within the next couple of months or for 2021? For 2021, I think. One of the things that I definitely see a lack on is really um, 
before you can start driving traffic and really like making um, making it big, you need to think of your retention plan and your automation strategy. A lot of times, especially new entrepreneurs, they focus a lot on like, you know, spending time on Instagram and Facebook and driving, you know, diving right into spending a lot of money on Facebook ads. And I agree that should be part of your strategy if you want to scale. But if in the back end, you're not clear about how are you going to take your existing customers and turn them into repeat buyers, you're not going to grow a sustainable business, whether people are buying a lot on e-commerce or not. You know, um, this is this is something that needs to be taken into consideration when you're thinking about building your e-commerce business because it's only by getting a loyal repeat buyer that you'll 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 make profit out of getting new customers into your business so think mm -hmm. about what is the what is on the back end how are your your automation flows in your emails going to help recruit new buyers and retain your existing buyers and turn them into loyal and promoters for your brand and you can do this a lot through emails obviously i'm biased because this is what i you know what i do but uh, it's a, it's. I find that it's it's such an undervalued, often overlooked part of the e-commerce strategy. You know, a lot of folk, a lot is focused on the website. You know, optimizing for conversion rate um, and having the right copy in the product. That's that's super important. That's definitely important. But I think um, spending time thinking about the long term and not just the short term is going to be very important, especially in twenty twenty one with everything changing. You 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 want to make sure your clients are still there down the line for you, right? So yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I love what you're saying about that. Like, I mean, it's a it's a big picture. They have to see the overall, not like very short term. And mm -hmm. if we look at uh, something that is like closer to us in terms of time, uh, Black Friday is coming around within the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. what, what is the you know emailing key point, um, or I would say overall strategies that are a yes, yes, you have. To absolutely to do that or and the no no that you will advise anybody you know on that path like of building like an e-commerce a successful e-commerce you know yes store. so in terms of getting ready for black friday um a few things that i uh, suggest all my clients to do if they don't already have is really make sure you're 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 warming up your email list so that by the time black friday or by the time you're ready with your holiday offers comes along the people in your email list are already warmed up to you and they know your brand and they they're already they're already ready to buy from you and so you need to prime your list ahead of black friday and i hope you've been doing hopefully they've been doing this over the last few weeks you know you know sending regular emails but if you haven't been sending regular emails think about you know sending emails that addresses addresses your customer objections common questions your best sellers and so ahead of black friday you can start by warming them up and that will already improve your open rates so that mm -hmm. your deliverability and the chances that your email lands in the inbox and not the spam folder um, is higher. Um, mm -hmm. Because often what I also see brands doing is they'll email, every time they send an email, they'll, they'll, they'll blast their whole entire list. But their mm -hmm. whole entire list consists often of 50% of people who never read their emails. And so yeah. what that happens is that your open rates get lower and your deliverability gets Im negatively impacted. Mm -hmm. And so you need to really work on warming up your list segmenting the most engaged users from your for your brand and sending to them and if you can i know um it, you might be sending this maybe too close to black friday but you need to start early because right now there's going to be too many brands that are going to be bombarding the inbox and bombarding people with offers black friday cyber monday weekend and this is something that i was even doing a few years back is having like an early vip sale 
you know, yeah. just for your email list and, you know, saying this is really the best offer we have this year. It's not going to get any better. Now's the time to buy. And we did this, you know, three weeks ahead of Black Friday so that we front loaded our November with better chances to capture our customers when they were, you know, shopping for the holidays. Mm -hmm. And um, and another thing is really um, a simple thing that any brand can do is to really tweak their cart abandonment sequence, which is an automated email that gets triggered when people, you know, add something to their cart, but they don't complete their checkout. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm surprised that a lot of brands still don't have this lockdown. <laughs> so it should be basic. So your cart abandonment strategy is really like low hanging fruit, something that's going to easily make you email, make you sales while you sleep really um and so really it's uh, overall like what i've just covered is really understanding your story making sure you have the right strategy along with the right offers along the buying journey and then making sure your automated systems are in place to help you capture more revenue so that it's not so manual you know you're you're you you have as an entrepreneur you have other things to handle on your plate you know like let let the automation do more things for you you know leverage that power mm -hmm. yeah like you were saying like because you mentioned you mentioned that at the beginning of our conversation saying like to review your business in a sense that your business somehow is working for you and not the other way around instead yeah. of working like a zillion hours you know and exhausting yourself i think it's the same process for e-commerce as well make sure that things work for you and not the other way around yeah exactly and it's a lot of um it's really finding this is obviously there's always your website is never going to be perfect there's always things you can tweak but it's really identifying like i'm very much 80 20 what are the 20 percent top things that you must do that will generate most of your results so look at who are your top customers that will generate 80 percent of your revenue and focus on them you mm -hmm. know um, and then after Black Friday, you can, and you know, a lot of misconception around Black Friday, especially around conscious, sustainable, ethical brands, is they think that they 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 don't want to participate in Black Friday because it's not on brand, or it's like they don't want to, you know, offer major discounts because it's not it might cheapen the brand. But you don't have to always offer mm -hmm. big discounts. Sometimes it's just um, putting the focus on your 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 mission and your why and saying hey like we're doing um you know free shipping for this weekend only or we're doing a giveaway or we're doing a bonus gift for all of our vip customers there's different ways you can participate in black friday without massively discounting if that's what you want to do you know mm -hmm. um so it's it's definitely different some more things that i'm learning because you know um, not all brands have the capability of discounting 50% off, you know, having those margins. So it's not, that's not, that, that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to say, but I'm just saying that there's different ways to, to go about it. Um, I really love that. Yeah. And I think that's some hacks that everybody should listen to because Black Friday is around the corner. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you also mentioned, um, uh, a couple of times, like right from the bat, you starting your business, your venture, uh, last May. So you already had in mind, like, you know, some goals in terms of productivity and mindset. You mentioned like the 80-20% rule, which is like leaving your business and your the way you're, you know, managing things right now and the mindset. Mm -hmm. um, what are other hacks that you discovered that were essential for you to move on to the, to the next level? Um, I wouldn't say they're hacks, they're more like big mindset shifts. Cause like I said, I, I suffer, I, I, I always felt sometimes that I was not good enough. And mm -hmm. a lot of the times the opportunities in my life that were presented for to work in front of me were for things that I felt that I was never ready for. But every time I stepped into that role, I was able to succeed. And so for me, it was just really, um, putting myself out there and 
taking what I thought of were risks to, to just do it and don't overthink it and better get it done than get it perfect. <laughs> Cause that's, I find that you can easily get caught up in perfection and just um, get stuck in inaction. Mm-hmm. And I realized that um, especially in the beginning, when I started, I wasn't, I, if you told me now that I would be doing, if you told me one year ago that I would be doing what I do now, I would have not believed you. So it was a matter of like testing and learning and seeing what really resonated with me, what type of clients I wanted to work with. So you have to really just go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn what works for you, because what works for someone else um, that has this formula might not work for you. And that's what I had to learn. You know, in the beginning, I was looking at other um, competitors or other entrepreneurs that were, quote unquote, making it. And mm-hmm. when you realize in the back end that what, what, that you don't always realize what is the bigger context for their strategies. Yeah. And so you can, it's, it's easy for you to mimic something, but without understanding the bigger context, that might not work for you. That might work for that person, but not for you. So it's really um, stepping into um, not being afraid to take risks and, you know, taking the next step, just doing it. And also just trusting my own intuition because like that, I can be more aligned with my values coming back to being grounded and taking the next best step forward toward my goals. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. (laughs) And I mean, we're heading towards the last question I have for you today. what's in the stars for you like right now like if you are looking at what where you want to be you said like you have a 10-year goal what do you see uh short term midterm and long term <laughs> that's a big question okay um so for me 10 years from now like i look at my life holistically like i look at what type so i always imagine my family my children are thriving they're healthy they're able to you know um they're gonna i would think Jaden's going to be, what, 10 years old. So he's going to be able to, you know, have a, you know, he's going to be happy. I have a great relationship with my boyfriend. We go on vacations. We, I have a business that thrives, that's helping others. I imagine myself down the line being able to, to be um, uh, seen as like an expert and a speaker who can really maybe hold space and have workshops where people can retreat to and just work on their inner game and their inner mindset, but also on their business you know, and to hold that space for women as a collective. That's down the line, something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps having a portfolio of business, of e-commerce businesses, that's something mm-hmm. I also think of doing. And the midterm, one thing I want to do is find a way where I can, because um, I'm, again, I look at holistically, the way I, I'm really looking um, heavily into um, potentially homeschooling my child. And so mm-hmm. I need to make sure that my business is set up for that. And so um, with COVID happening, I think one of the things I'm going to, we're going to see a lot of changes with is education and how, you know, um, because eventually Zoom school is not going to last forever. And so I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking a different route. I'm I'm doing, um, I, I tend to go, you know, against the green and I'm thinking of ways that I can you know, educate my son and still um, do it in a way that's aligned with my values and um, setting up my business around that type of lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the short term, I want to relaunch the course that I did over the summer because it was such a fun uh, experience to have the space with so many women that were ambitious and just going at it and building their business. Mm -hmm. And in the short term, that's something that I'm thinking about doing in early 2021. I think I understand something with you right now. Yeah. Well, 
let's look into the stars and let's room together. Can we have a date in a couple of years or a couple of months from now and chit chat about usually how you set these different goals for yourself and how is it going? Yeah, sure. I would be happy to come back and chat about that. I love that. Kind of like a compte rendu <laughs> or like a bilan. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. we can have a series around this. <laughs> um, yeah, and so and so, I think the way I'm going to be able to do this, and I, I wanted to go back to a question you asked. I forgot to mention it. One of the things that really helped me um, achieve everything that I want to do is time blocking. So that's one hack that I can say. So time blocking for me is I don't have any meetings in the morning. I only schedule Zoom calls in the afternoon so that my morning is blocked towards those must-do activities. Like I said, I don't have a to-do list. I have like a few things on my list that I need to get done. And then so I time block my mornings for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, like that, I can have more conversations in the afternoon and let my energy flow. Because for me, I'm so much more active and productive in the morning. I'm just a morning person. I'm the type of person that will wake up at 5 a.m. and work out, you know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm weird like that. But then come 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I'm winding down, you know. So so that's my, my, my hack is really having that white space for, for you to focus and, and, and focus on the, the things that are going to move you forward, really, and move the needle. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that will be very useful for everybody, even myself. So I'm going to mm -hmm. write it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, I have one last question because I lied, actually. I said, and I, that was the last. <laughs> Bring it last. on. Bring in all your questions. <laughs> so, yeah. So so now your, your business is definitely going to the vision you like um, towards, you know, something very special to work with um, business with impact. Um, what are the three advice from, because you said you launched your venture last May, what are the three advice, piece of advice that you will share with um, other entrepreneurs, you know, beginners and non-beginners, because it applies to everybody. Yeah, well, I consider myself still a beginner, <laughs> but I think um, advice for entrepreneurs, really focusing on um, your vision, your your why, you know, make so that you can make decisions towards something that's aligned with the type of life you want to lead, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so getting clear on your vision. And secondly, it would be building your network. That's something that I, I wish I would have done maybe even earlier and sooner than I have, because you can only, um, building my network allowed me to meet you, Jehadzin, and so many great collaborators that can help with your visibility and help connect you with different people that can also help your clients too, you know? And so having, building your network is something that I highly recommend. And um, taking a step back and not always being in the doing, because being when you're always doing go 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 and not taking the step a step back to reflect, you never you, like I said you're not going to be intentional with where you want to be in. So you need to take to reserve time block really time block again time block save time for yourself so you have that space where you can um, plan for the future and be intentional with how you want to spend your time. And I in my journey I I realize I I. In the, in the previous years, I never did as much as that as I am doing now. Now that I have the space that I'm my own boss, I can afford myself the time to really be intentional with how I want to be 
um, showing up for my clients, showing up for my collaborators and um, advancing my business while um, holding space for my family too. So, so yeah. I love that. Thanks for being there today with me and sharing words of wisdoms and how you are growing and blooming successfully. I hope it will inspire so many more women and men as well. <laughs> and um, I wish you have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Shahazin. Bye. Here is a preview of the next episode. We weren't necessarily exposed to the idea of entrepreneurship throughout our upbringing or during our undergrad degrees, but I think something that both of us had in common was that we really wanted to create a tangible impact um, wherever we were. We wanted to be helping people. We wanted to be creating and building things. And the opportunity to uh, be part of a program like Next36 was quite interesting to us. I remember. This is the end of the show. Share the show with your community. Make sure to listen to the next episode on Spotify, iTunes, Stitchers, and Anchor, and more. Follow us on Instagram at ecg.podcast and me, Geraldine GP. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. See you next time.